Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from our quarantined studios here in Detroit. Yes, I left the city um, due to the coronavirus. However, that does not mean Politalk is not being done. Will will be joining us remotely uh, later on in the episode. And he has a lot to say. <laughs> and we're going to be talking more about the coronavirus later on in the show as well. Uh, but for right now, let's talk about the big story of the week. Tom Brady officially left the New England Patriots. Now, for some of you, you're rolling your eyes saying, why the fuck are we talking about this? Let me, let me sum it up for you. This is a big deal. Now, it may not be a big deal um, in regards to what we normally talk about. Uh, and with Hollywood shutting down, it may not be like a huge thing. But in terms of sports and football, like the straight dudes were going crazy over this. And I know there's like two straight dudes that listen to this. So this is for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, here is what we know as fact, and then we're going to get to what our sources are telling us. So what we know for a fact is that as of Wednesday morning, Tom Brady was a free agent. We don't know if the Patriots tried to negotiate with Tom Brady and he just didn't have it, or if they were just ready to let go. Um, from the, the statements that were released, it would seem like they wanted Tom to stay. And indeed, he has led the franchise to six Super Bowls and two wins. No, that's not right. Um, the statistics are something or somewhere around there. Um, I should have wrote them down in my production notes, and I didn't. Oh, well, um, it's not important. He's takes them to the Super Bowl so many damn times, and he's won so many of them for them. Uh, it's not even funny. So what I'm hearing um, from different sources, and these are fairly reliable sources, is three years ago, the head coach of the Patriots actually tried to um, trade Tom Brady to the Chargers and keep the younger quarterback because he felt that the younger quarterback was going to um, get more miles and was the way with the future. Word of this got down to Tom Brady, who got super angry about it. And, you know, basically threw a foot like, what the fuck, yo? Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Robert Kraft, who owns the Patriots, actually stepped in and said, Hey, um, no, you're not going to do this. We're not trading Tom Brady. And so Tom Brady signed a new contract. And allegedly, in the new contract, there was a provision that didn't let them put him up for trade and did not let them franchise tag him. Um, again, our audience is not straight males or lesbians who would generally understand this jargon, so I'm going to explain what a franchise tag is. Franchise tagging is basically where 
the team forces you to stay on for an extra year instead of going into free agency. Once that contract ended on Tuesday evening, Tom Brady was free to go wherever he wanted. He has signed with the Miami Buccaneers. I don't think that's right, but he, he signed with the Buccaneers. I don't know what city they're actually from. Um, rumor has it that the LA Chargers were in the mix, um, and there was another team. He chose the Buccaneers, um, first of all, because they accepted his terms, and his financial terms were not actually all that bad. They were exactly what he was making with the Patriots. Um, the deal is where it, for two years, $50 million, 25 each year, um, with $9 million more in bonuses. Now, you and I, that's a whole shitload of money. Um, but to Tom Brady, that's actually right around what his salary actually is. Or was with the with the Patriots. And when you're known as the greatest quarterback of all time, you can kind of demand these sort of things. So, um, one of the other provisions, like he didn't ask to be able to call the shots or um, anything like that, although he could have, and he would have gotten it. Uh, But the reasoning we're hearing he signed with the Buccaneers is because Florida is closer to New York, where his son is based. And as I mentioned on the show before, he's a very hands-on dad. I actually met him um, back when the Super Bowl was in New York. Well, actually, it was in New Jersey. Um, but it was close enough where all the celebrities, all the football players were coming into the city. I worked at the Natural History Museum. Um, he and his wife, Giselle, came in. And they um, added on to their ticket because they wanted to go see a special exhibit. Really, really nice guy. Um, I know he has a reputation as being a douche. And when Will hears this, I'm going to yell that for saying that he's a really nice guy. But he is. <laughs> And, yeah, I mean, that, he he paid, I didn't realize it was him because he looks completely different than what he normally does. So, uh, that's that's where we're at. Um, I'm going to be following the story because I'm sure that there's going to be more leaks. Um, My sources are still looking for um, more of what's happening, more of what's going on. And they're going to let me know as soon as they hear anything. And I'm going to go and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. All right. So the other obviously huge story going around right now is the coronavirus. Um, Just months ago... I don't think anyone could have predicted that it was going to blow up into the global pandemic that it's become. Uh, You know, in this time of shelter at home or stay in place or whatever it's called, we, we need entertainment. Unfortunately for us, because the broadcast network had started following the lead of cable networks and programming all year, a lot of our shows 
are going on to hiatus. Um, I'm not going to list every show that's on hiatus right now or who has shut down production either for the season or just during the um, coronavirus. Um, even just for the coronavirus um, crisis. But if you go to Deadline, Hollywood, um, Variety, either of those, they will have a full list for you. Um, I will say most, if not all, major network shows have um, have shut down production at this point. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about the pandemic crisis um, later on in the show. But I want to talk right now about some of the celebrities who have contracted contracted the disease. Um, Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson, were the first to come forward and say, yeah, we tested positive. We're self-isolating. We're in quarantine right now. Um, but you guys need to, like, take this thing seriously. Um, this was followed very shortly by Idris Elba coming forward and saying that he had it. Um, and then there's just been a whole slew of celebrities who who have it. Um, you know, L.A. and New York City are the two hot centers right now. Um, New York has... Um, at last I heard was like 5,500 cases. Thank God Will is safe. Um, he is sheltered with his family. I'm sheltered with my family. Um, but it, it really is a scary time. Again, I'm going to get more into this later on. Um, but one of the, one of the probably, probably highest profile cases uh, that has come forward just in recent days and said that he had it was Andy Cohen. Um, now, again, just like everyone else, I was just talking, I would, like I just mentioned, most productions are shut down. That includes um, a lot of cable shows. Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. Um, had shut down production. And then they had this great idea where they were going to film the show live from Andy's house. Um, and it was going to be called Watch What Happens Live at Home. And um, Andy was going to do his celebrity interviews via Skype or FaceTime. Now, this is all, like, really, I don't particularly care for Andy Cohen, but I think this was a great idea. Um, obviously, now that he's contracted the um, the virus, um, everything's on pause as they try to figure out um, what he needs and how best to support him. So, what is... Um, what's happening right now is he's in quarantine. I'm assuming his son is with um, either a nanny or um, his mother or someone who is healthy. Uh, we don't know for sure. I'm waiting to hear back from my sources on this. Um, his bestie, Anderson Cooper, is terrified right now because they had just hung out. Um, and what I'm hearing is Anderson Cooper is um, is going to get tested. Uh, he had tried to avoid doing it, um, because as much as I dislike Anderson Cooper as well as Andy Cohen, um, he's not one of these rich douches who thinks that he's entitled to 
get tested just because he's a celebrity. He was um, trying to hold off and save the test for people who may actually need it. And, um, you know, bravo to him. And I mean this completely sincerely. Um, we need more celebrities that are acting responsibly. Um, and bravo to Andy Cohen, actually, because he was trying not to get um, tested until he absolutely needed to. He kept saying, um, I was with my best friend listening, um, and my best friend loved him. So he was listening to um, Andy Radio. And he kept saying on his radio show, like, you, we need to be saving these tests for the elderly. We need to be saving these tests for those with weakened immune systems. And, you know, we, you know, if you're young and healthy, please don't get tested. Like, unless you're really, really in bad shape. So I'm assuming that he was in really bad shape when he went and got tested. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt with this. Um... And, you know, our hearts really do go out to him. Um, I'm fairly sure I can speak for Will when I say, like, we obviously we don't want anyone to be sick ever. But especially with something like this where people are dying and not coming back, that is definitely not something we want. But um, as, as a lot of people are fond of saying, everyone dies. Um, and Vanessa Hutchins, when you said that, you were a douchebag. Um... Yeah, um, I don't know if you guys heard, but Vanessa Hudgens, um, and I'm bringing this up because she was on, um, I believe she was being interviewed by um, Andy Cohen, actually, when she said, uh, no, she was on Instagram, I'm sorry. Um, she was about to be interviewed, and she said, hey, everyone dies, it's just a fact of life, blah, blah, blah. That is not the right sentiment to be sending out right now, at all. Um, yes, everyone does die, that's a fact of life, however... Um, during this pandemic, let's maybe try to be a little more responsible with our words. Um, we want everyone to get healthy and, um, uh, beat this virus. And I'm really hoping that, um, we can find a cure or at least a vaccination to control it a little bit better. That being said, I'm going to control myself and take a break. I'll be right back. And I'm back. And from one talk show to another, we were just talking about Andy Cohen. Now we're going to talk about Wendy Williams. Now, of course, there have been rumors that Wendy Williams is angling to join a Real Housewife franchise. Um, as I said before, I don't see it happening. I think she thinks she's too big of a star for this. Um, and it remains to be determined what franchise she would actually want to be part of. Um... She has a house in New Jersey, so she could easily fit in with the Jersey girls. But she also has a house in the city, so she could easily fit in with um, the city ladies. Again, I don't, I don't think that there's much, um, much truth to these rumors that she wants to join the Real Housewives franchise, but. As I've been researching um, the upcoming Drunk Gossip book, How You Doing Inside Wendy Williams' Tumultuous Year, I'm learning more and more about her. Um, first and foremost, though, um, continuing on with the coronavirus, continuing on with the coronavirus theme, 
Um, she recently appeared on Dr. Oz, and she has really fought with the distributor of her show, Demar Mercury, about um, getting back on air as soon as possible. Um, and here's the thing. They shut down production to make sure everyone is safe. Um, as far as we know, no one has tested positive on their staff. And even my source inside um, who works on the Wendy Williams show um, has said, as far as, as they know, there are no known cases of the coronavirus. They have not been informed. And therefore, um, it would be highly irresponsible of this company not to tell them. But um, Wendy actually argued with them, and they called her up and told her via the phone that they were showing non-production. Now, it's nothing she did wrong. The ratings were relatively stable. Um, but and the worst thing you can say about um, what was happening with Wendy was she was mired in controversy with the LGBTQ, LGBTQ community. We're going to get to that. Um but that wouldn't have been enough to shut down production at this point. Um, this was this was 100% because of the coronavirus. And... But Wendy couldn't accept this. She really wanted to get back on air. Um, and she, she actually did one show without a studio audience um, in order to try to keep the show going. But Denmark Mercury executives... We're just not comfortable with the idea, especially as the virus has spread. Again, New York City has um, over 5,000 cases, um, probably inching towards 6,000 at this point, or maybe even seven. I haven't checked the latest numbers, to be honest. Um, so with that being the case, you don't want um, many people together. Now, um, the view was still live as of... Thursday, um, but they were working with the skeletal crew, crew as it was, um, and uh, Whoopi was actually moderating from home. Um, but Wendy, Wendy said, you know, just send the camera, camera person. I, I'll do the show without getting my makeup done. I'll do the show without getting my hair done. This is actually very typical behavior. Uh, my source said. Um, Wendy actually hates taking time off of the show. Um, and especially now, because she's in such a precarious situation. Her show is renewed through next season, so there's definitely at least one more year. But her behavior recently has become very, very um, diva-esque and untenable. Um, her staffers are just not having it. They don't like working for her. Um, and many of them have already started looking for other work. Uh, what we see on camera, uh, recently she made comments about gay men, um, saying that they need to stop wearing dresses and heels because they'll never be women. You know, and, and she backs this up by saying, you're never going to menstruate every 28 days, yada, yada, yada. Um, so therefore, you're never going to be a woman, and you, you know, you just need to leave this. The next day, she issued an apology, saying she knows better, so and she needs, she knows she needs to do better, and she's going to work on trying. That lasted all of five minutes. If you haven't heard, 
um, the um, about Sherry Pie yet. Stay tuned. Um, we will be doing a whole true crime episode um, based around um, around this. Well, it'll be one segment, but um, just for those uninitiated, Sherry Pie um, had started gaining some fame in New York. She was very popular. She started catfishing men. Um, many of the men have said that, you know, she offered them roles in, play, in a play that didn't exist or a movie that didn't exist. She never changed the title either. It was always called Bulk. Um, and the, she would have them send them videos of, of them masturbating or other things. So apparently this was a laugh ride to Wendy Williams and her guest Michael Yo. Um, who then, Michael Yo then went on to try to victim blame and say, hey, y'all should have done some research. What he's missing and what he misconstrued is the first gentleman who, who stepped forward actually did the research and found out that this was not a real thing. And, you know, Nonetheless, even if he hadn't done that, that is no reason to blame the victim. They were sexually harassed, sexually, uh, you know, violated. Basically becoming porn stars without ever really wanting to. Um, And while there are no laws currently on record... um, she has hurt these men. Um, there's at least seven of them that we know of that have come forward. Um, but again, Wendy Williams just laughed it off. Um, so the LGBTQ community has come together and launched a petition to get Wendy Williams canceled. Uh, and the staffer um, that uh, that I work with um, has said this is actually really hurting her feelings because she didn't think the gay community would ever turn on her. She thought she was a gay icon. And she doesn't understand why they're not laughing with her. And apparently one of the producers said, hey, like, dude, this is not cool. Like, I'm getting a paycheck from you and I'm not laughing. I think this is really in poor taste. And they almost had the segment cut and at the last minute, Wendy decided to run it anyways, because she thought that the gay community would actually be with her. When they weren't, she was very upset and started questioning why they weren't with her. And when she was told that it was in poor taste, again, she tried to argue with them. Um, so Wendy Williams, and here's a fun fact. I didn't know this until the staffer told me. Wendy Williams actually has listened to Drunk Gossip. So Wendy Williams, if you're listening to this episode, please, please stop. We love you. Yes, I'm writing a book about you. But just stop. You know, I'm writing a book about you because people love to gossip about you. And girl, if you want to give me a quote or if you want to help me write this book, if you want to help me promote the book... (gasps) We will love you. Will will love you because he gets 50% of the royalty. So he will be forever in your debt. (laughs) Um, 
as far as me, I'm still going to go for the dirt. I'm going to go where the dirt leads me because that's what I do. I also take a break and come right back. And I'm back. And, okay, so, Mandy, I need you to stop listening. Just skip to the next segment because you're going to be so pissed for this one. All right. Mandy gone? I think Mandy's gone. (laughs) All right, so we've been talking about Taylor Swift a lot. Um, Mostly in her war against um, um, Scooter, Scooter Braun, who bought up the um, rights to her songs. Well, he didn't buy up the rights to her songs per se. He bought the record label that she was signed at previously, um, Big Machine Records. And there was a whole war about whether or not artists should have a right to buy their masters or if they had a right to own their masters. Uh, And while this has not been... um, While this has not been a hot topic in a couple weeks, um, it's still something that the industry is going to be dealing with once the coronavirus is over and everything resumes and becomes normal again. But there has been some more movement on the Taylor Swift front that I don't think many people expected. Um, before she released Reputation back in um, 2017, I believe, Taylor Swift um, was mired in another controversy with Kanye West. Um, he released a song called Famous, where he said, I still think me and Taylor Swift are going to have sex. I mean, I made that bitch famous. And Taylor came out and said, hey, not cool, dude. You know, you should have at least talked to me about this before you released it. Kanye hit back and said, hey, yo, bitch, I talked to you about this. We discussed this. And Taylor's like, no, no, we didn't. Kim Kardashian decided that she was going to stick up for her man and release her own, released the the call between Taylor Swift and Kanye West, where it appeared as though Taylor Swift actually gave her blessing for the lyric. And people turned on Taylor Swift right away, and they, they called for her to be canceled. They asked, you know, they said, hey, you know, it's not cool that you're trying to, like, bring him down. What the fuck is wrong with you? And so... From that, we got Reputation. Um, Specifically, we got lead single, uh, Look What You Made Me Do. I mean, and there were quite a few songs that referenced this, but none more so than Look What You Made Me Do. So, she got a number one song out of it. Of course she did, because she usually does. Um, and she got probably what is one of her best albums to date. And I know there are some Swifties out there who are going to argue with me. Please don't. Keep it on Twitter. I don't give a fuck what you think. 
I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan, but I will say I actually like Reputation's not a horrible CD. Um, and it's probably one of her. It probably really is one of her better ones. I haven't listened to Lover on the grounds that I don't want to. <laughs> but that being said, that call that marked a turn. Um, from people loving Taylor Swift into turning her into the enemy. Well, there was a whole other side of the story that we didn't see. Um, the full call was released. Um, I don't know how it was released. Um, I'm still working to figure it out. Um, my guess is someone from Taylor's site got a hold of the video and had it released. But that's only my allegation. Um... <laughs> But, um, so, so this whole video was released where, yes, Kanye and Taylor do talk. And never once is the actual lyric referenced. And Taylor said, I don't, when Kanye said, are you cool with this? Taylor actually does say, I don't know. I need to hear the song. And Kanye says, okay, yeah, that's cool. Fine. Taylor swears she never heard the song. Um. That's not part of the call, um, but I believe Kanye actually admitted that Taylor Swift never actually did hear the song. Um, and now people are on Twitter rallying back to Taylor's side saying um, Taylor told the truth. Um, that's one of the hashtags that's trending right now. Um, and Kanye is over. And Kanye should have been over a long time ago. He fucking supports Trump, okay? Okay. Um, I gotta calm down because I'm not supposed to talk politics. <laughs> That's Will's job. <laughs> um, but seriously, he fucking supports Trump. Kanye should have been over as soon as he said those words. Because guess what? Trump is an idiot. Alright, tangent over. And William, I know you're going to be yelling at me. These are in my production notes that I'm going to make up right now. <laughs> oh, and if you guys ever run into Will on the street, you are not allowed to call him William. Only I'm allowed to call him William for some reason. Um, I think mostly just because I'm, and I'm he knows I'm going to do it anyways. Um, <laughs> anyways, so yeah, so... Even though she got a number one song out of it, Taylor has been vindicated. Um, and her sales really haven't suffered much from the scandal because Swifties will always be Swifties no matter what. Um, I know a lot of people are making a big deal about her latest album, Lover, not topping one million sales in its first week. And I'm just going to say this. I think those days are over, to be honest. Um, you know... We, we, she had a good run. She's still selling like crazy. She's, just, I believe, the best-selling female artist in the world. Um, and I'm going to just leave this with um, some words that Alanis Morissette was told way back in 1995 when she released Jagged Little Pill. Your first album will sell 10 million copies. The second, 7 million. The third... Five million. After that, that's when you know you have a career. Taylor Swift has a career. You know, she's 
consistently topped herself in sales except for this time. And it's okay that Lover didn't perform to the expectations that um, Minnie had for her. Because, again, the music industry is changing and evolving. Um, and even Chill Crow has gotten out of doing albums and is just releasing singles at this point. And speaking of just taking a deep breath, I'm going to take a break. And I'll be right back. And I'm back. And this is the last you're going to hear from me today. Or this episode, I should say. Um, we'll be closing us out with Politalk in the next segment. Um, but to lead into that, I want to talk a little bit about the coronavirus. First and foremost, please everyone be safe out there. Social distancing six feet away. Wash your fucking hands. Seriously. Wash your goddamn hands. Alright? Like, this should not need to be said, but it it clearly does need to be said at this point. Um, if you if you can stay home, please stay home. It's safer. Um, it's not only safer for the older generation, but it's safer for you. Um, I'm not going to talk much about Trump and his handling of this, other than to say he's a fucking idiot, and he handled it completely wrong. And the two Republicans who listen to this, I'm almost positive that you agree with me. Um, because you you guys are sensible and, well, you love me. Um, <laughs> um, Will is going to be so pissed when he hears this. Um, anyways, uh, we talked in, in the Andy Cohen segment about all of the celebrities who are getting the coronavirus. Uh, it is a scary, scary time, and I realize this. Um, but people are panicking, and I don't believe that the media is doing much to ebb this concern. Here are the facts as we know them. Yes, the virus originated in Wuhan, China. And it has migrated all over the world, including Greenland. It is a fatty um, virus, which I'm not quite sure what that means. Um, right now, there are no medicines or anything to combat it. They are testing some medicines to try to treat some of the symptoms. And, you know, um, as I mentioned earlier, um, New York and L.A., probably the two most densely populated areas in the entire country, are the two epicenters in the United States. Um, and, you know, both New York and California are on shelter, shelter in place. Uh, what shelter in place means, and I'm sure Will's going to go into this a little bit more, but um, I just want to say shelter in place means only go out for essentials. Exercise, if you need to go grab some groceries, um, and when you do that, stay six feet apart. You don't need to buy eight things of toilet paper. Your asshole is not going to get that dirty. And if it is, you should be at home where you can jump in the shower and rinse it off. Okay, leave some toilet paper for everyone else. <laughs> and I'm laughing just because it sounds so ludicrous. Like, I never once thought I would be talking about people buying too much toilet paper. 
on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, and, and it, truth be told, this is not even on my production notes. Um, so, but it's just strange to me. Um, I've gone to Target. I've gone to um, for Midwesterners, Midwesterners. I've gone to Meyer, um, Kroger, and they're all out of toilet paper. And I'm just thinking to myself, what the fuck, man? Like, and not only are they out of toilet paper, but they're out of the 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 wipes, the adult wipes. Um, I mean, it's just like it's mind boggling to me. Um, also, as I mentioned in in previous segments today, Hollywood is shut down. Um, all of the m- movie theaters have um, basically closed. Um, Universal and Disney both have moved movies that were already in the theaters over to video on demand and are going to put them on streaming as soon as possible. Um, Disney had onward um universal had the invisible the invisible man um emma and the hunt the hunt was one of those movies that actually had a release date last year but because it's so controversial it was moved to this year and then um basically it's just being dumped on video on demand um i'm glad it's seen the light of day but not many people are talking about it um the whole premise is it's political satire at its highest, most over the top. Um, I haven't seen the movie yet. I don't know if I'm planning on seeing it, um, but it is out there and I'm, I am a little curious, so I might watch it. Emma is one I really want to see. I, like, I was going to go to the theater to see it um, before the pandemic actually hit and hit hard um, and scared the but Jesus out of me. Um, and I, that's why I traveled to Detroit from New York City. Um, all of the, most of the TV productions are down. Um, I'm hearing that negotiations to bring All My Children and One Life to Live back are still ongoing. Though the hoped for May 1st, um, the start date for production is probably going to be missed. And um, they're going to shoot um, for June 1st because they can still, if if it goes to ABC, they can still get it on air um, by um, the beginning of the next TV season. If it's going to streaming, which is increasingly likely from what my sources have told me, then there will be um, some talk about when when it'll when they'll debut and how they'll debut, whether they'll be half hours or one hours. I'm hearing Susan Lucci won't sign on unless All My Children is one hour, um, and that's been a snag. Uh, that's been the snag in the negotiations for that. Uh, almost every talk show is down. Um, again, I'm hearing right now that they're going to try to bring keep the view on air um, live. But 
uh, it's increasingly unlikely, especially with shelter in place, um, hitting New York as of tomorrow morning. I'm also hearing that um, Nightline, which has um, morphed into a single issue show um, revolving around the coronavirus, is still in production. Um, none of the produ- none of the production staff nor produce um, nor talent on air talent have been informed that they won't be needed. Um, shelter in place. Um, Non-essential workers are supposed to stay home, if possible. Um, Mass transit is still running in New York, but they're advising you not to take it. And they've been advising that um, for almost a week now, um, if not longer. Uh, So this is it for me. Um, Will will, will be joining us with Palatalk next. Um, so just from the bottom of my heart, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, remember we're on a three episode production schedule now. So the next time you'll hear from me is probably on Wednesday. Um, but given, given the pandemic, I may break in and do, um, some more shows depending on how I'm feeling and how my voice is holding up. All right. Will is next with Politalk. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Drunk Gossip, and welcome to this week's Politalk. I am once again calling in due to the coronavirus shutting down all non-essential businesses in the city, including the Drunk Gossip studio, and Ed being in a different state. Unfortunately, the remote post-apocalyptic landscape of Detroit. Pray for him, everybody, and pray for me. Thank you. Well, the big story this week is once again the coronavirus and the government's handling of it. More specifically, four individuals within the government's handling of it. Earlier this week, it was reported that Republican Senator Richard Burr of North Carolina, the head of the Senate Intelligence Committee, sold off between $600,000 and $1.7 million worth of stock in various hotel chains, and other businesses that were likely to be affected by the coronavirus outbreak. He sold these off in the middle of February, on the 13th, while the government was still claiming that it had the coronavirus outbreak under control. And while he was claiming that the United States was more prepared than ever to handle the outbreak, He does not appear to have had much of faith in the response himself, given that he sold off his stock. Now, the first to break this story was the independent journalism outlet ProPublica, and a number of other disclosures followed, namely that not only Richard Burr, but Senators Kelly Loeffler of Georgia, Republican, James Inofe of Oklahoma, Republican, and Dianne Feinstein, Democrat of California, had also sold off large large amounts of stock in the middle of February, before the scale of the coronavirus was public, but around the same time that they would have heard about it. Of these, these four have drawn bipartisan condemnation and rage, most of it focused on Richard Burr due to his status as a defender of the administration and his position as the head of the Senate Intelligence Committee. A lot has also fallen on Kelly Loeffler due to the fact that her husband runs the stock exchange and she has been rather 
unrepentant in her dealings with the public, claiming that this is totally okay, and besides, my husband and I didn't even buy it anyway. This has been the standard defense. Richard Burr has claimed that he bought, he made his stock decisions due to TV reports. Neither of these are true. Kelly Loeffler, in particular, is coming under fire for, at about the same time, buying stock in a telecommunications company that held lots of video conference software and was a big proponent of working from home, a company that has since gone up, who, that whose stock price has since gone up substantially. The condemnation, as I mentioned earlier, has been swift, bipartisan, and furious, with notably such figures as Tucker Carlson coming out and saying that, quote, Richard Burr should resign and be prosecuted, quote. In this case, I'm going to actually have to, you know, dirty my mouth and say that I agree with Tucker Carlson. This is a pretty blatant betrayal of his interests. Burr was talking out of, out of both sides of his mouth for most of February while he was assuring the American public wouldn't be hurt too badly by the crisis. He was taking steps to ensure that it would not affect him as much since he knew it was going to be worse than what the government was saying publicly. He's also, he also came under fire this week for a meeting he held with a, an exclusive donor group in North Carolina where he alerted them that the virus was going to shut down large sections of the economy, while also obviously not passing this information along to his constituents or the general public. Now, hopefully there will actually be some consequences for this. It's a bit of an open and shut case. The ProPublica found out about it through legally required congressional stock disclosure forms, which they all filed because they're idiots. And their defenses seem pretty thin at the moment. But we will see how all that turns out. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'm Will Terry. This has been Politalk. Very short episode this week, but you know, that's just how it goes sometimes. Thank you for tuning in. Cheers.